You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to this winged episode of Around the King's Table. By winged, I just mean we walked in here and I was like, George, let's do an episode together. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) I'm Brian. I'm George. And uh, today we want to continue our sporadic series on love in hard places by talking about church discipline, which is a word that just off the cuff, I just get a woohoo for church discipline. It's a topic that's important, okay. so it got a woohoo. <laughs> yeah. I would woohoo a lot of topics, though. We hear church discipline. Uh, it's not exactly um, something that we think of in terms of love in action, uh, but it's thrown biblically right into the context of a local church. We begin to practice that in the context of a local church where the love is to be the rule, and uh, we've got some explaining to do. How do yeah. we put together... Church discipline yeah, sounds very rough and harsh with the rule of love mm-hmm. in the context of a local church. And so that's what we want to talk about in this episode. Yeah. So you ready? Let's just get to I'm it. I'm ready. Yeah. We'll dive right in our wing it episode 37 here. George, what is church discipline? Uh, well, so two sides, yep. right? There's the positive side of church discipline, the mm-hmm. actual discipling of Christians in community um, so that they are aware of Christ's instructions and who Mm -hmm. they are as a church. And then of course there's the negative side of that where you have people who, despite all that teaching and their own personal confession and the church's attestation don't actually live in such a way that that, that testimony is, is trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that you actually hear in the word discipline itself is that it's at root sounds a little bit like discipling. It's because it is discipling. Okay, there you go. So it is a part of discipling church discipline. Yeah. What I wrote down was that it is the provision of the Lord Jesus, both for the individual Christian and the church Mm -hmm. in loving those individuals to form and shape them. Yeah. And or, if necessary, to call them back to Christ if they've persisted in being, we might say, misshapen sure. uh, for an extended period of time. And uh, so, and not to neglect the fact that church yeah. discipline also has an effect on the rest of the body who then right. see that discipline and have to work mm-hmm. through that discipline. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned sort of the, the positive and the negative. There, there are a couple of things there. Uh, in terms of church discipline, that's good to highlight. I think when we first or initially think of church discipline, we usually run to corrective church discipline. Sure. And we kind of we overlook formative church discipline, right? Absolutely. Which is the more positive. The, the positive. The more maybe positive, positive negative is, is maybe the mm-hmm. wrong way to think of it because uh, mm-hmm. certainly going to your brother and winning him over and seeking repentance, mm-hmm. th- those are good things. Those are not negative things, but mm-hmm. we do view them sort of negatively. How would you describe the difference between formative and then corrective? Formative is the regular day-to-day work of believers as they build one another up. And so mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's preaching, it's mm-hmm. song, it's being in people's homes, it mm-hmm. is 
learning from one another how to just how to deal with children, how to deal with finances, how to give faithfully, how to yeah. how to be Christians, right. and ultimately, it's all formative in that regard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so formative discipline is all of the things that we typically think about positively in terms of discipleship, right. discipling yeah. people. What it means to be a Christian. Yeah. It's ultimately. shaping us mm-hmm. into the, the image of Christ. Absolutely. Right. Corrective, on the other hand. Yeah, is, is that, that side where you, you mm. start saying, okay, so something is amiss. You, mm. your, your actions and behavior, your thoughts that are then being shared are not in, co- in accord with that testimony that I'm a Christian and mm-hmm. I therefore believe these things and I act this way. Mm-hmm. And so ideally, you know, church discipline is a multi-stage process um, where we're going to a brother quickly, directly, and saying, hey, this is the sin that I see that you've done against me. And then hopefully you win them back with that. Mm-hmm. Barring that not actually occurring, you're then taking two or three other wit- you know, other witnesses with you to, to right. basically v- validate and attest that their repentance, they're not repenting. And then barring that, you're bringing it before the church. There's still a delay then. You know, once you've brought it to the church, there's still you know, time for repentance. But eventually, with no repentance in sight, uh, it, the 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 body at large has a responsibility to say we we can't really we can't really be the ones attesting to your being a Christian. We can no longer set our affirmation. Affirmation. Upon that's the word you, I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, as a, as a believer. Because, and then there's some yeah. other you know issues there. You know that's a, maybe a longer process, mm-hmm. but there are some things where it's either flagrant sin um, that you know just. It's so flagrant that it's it's harmful to the body as a whole. Right. Um, often, you know, when it's in leadership, when things occur, um, where some of that process may not look the same. It may not be a, a one-on-one stepped through. It may be so heinous that you know, it needs to be addressed directly. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's still laid at the feet of the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> there's definitely that, that more, um, again, local church, ecclesiological uh, setting for it. Um, but it's mm-hmm. also just something as simple as, again, like you said, uh, you see a brother or a sister um, having committed some sin or perhaps having committed some sin, and you're just going to them to check up on them, right? And, yep. and it is, um, hey, let's sit down and talk about this. Maybe there's correction. Maybe there's reproof. There's exhortation. There's rebuke or, sure. or whatever it is. I mean, um, my two oldest kids are members of our church. And so if they are in our house and they see me <laughs> sin against uh, my bride in some way, and one of them comes to me and says, Dad, that was not right. You know, there's a sense in which church yeah. discipline is taking place right yeah. there, right? There's a correction coming from a brother or sister. Absolutely. And hopefully most of the negative or the corrective discipline that's exactly what it is. That's right. And and it is, is personal. I mean, yeah. you know, as Jesus shares it in Matthew, mm-hmm. it's it's intensely personal. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like we're constantly vigilant to see somebody trip up and go get them. Mm-hmm. Although the, the epistles might point us to, you know, definitely being watchful and careful. But, you know, with Jesus, it, it's, it's incredibly personal. You've sinned against me rather than me dwell in bitterness. I can't believe he did that. Talking about it with other people. Hey, can you can you believe this happened? Yeah. It's going directly to the person and go, this, this is what you did. I don't know if you understood it even. Maybe you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what you did. It was sinful. Mm-hmm. That's the place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. We actually were doing our, our family devotional this morning. You know, we're, we've been going through Richard Sibbs, the mm-hmm. uh, refreshment for is it refreshment for our soul or I something, think so. something along yeah, those yeah. lines. 
And uh, <clears throat> one of the ways that he was talking about um, how to recover, how to keep, how to have, how to grow uh, a humble heart. A humble heart. And, it was, yeah. and it was when someone comes to you and shows you your sins, shows you some way in which you have sin that you don't puff up with pride and try to yeah. immediately self-justify or push it off. Yeah. Uh, but it is uh, required of us as Christians that we're soft and tender and sensitive to those kinds of things. Even if it's not true, uh, we at least want to hear what people have to say and respond appropriately to those things. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of the what of church discipline. Uh, let's talk about some whys. Why, sure. Why is church discipline? Why Why has the Lord given us? Let's say Matthew 18 is one of the major texts uh-huh. in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 5, Revelation 2, or some other passages. Uh, Re- Revelation 2 is actually Jesus again uh, calling out a church for not putting mm-hmm. someone out of their membership. So the the, the far end of corrective right. uh, discipline. But so what are some of the whys of church discipline? Why do we do the, that? The primary why is that... People need to be convicted of sin sometimes. They need yeah. to be aware of it. They need to be have brothers and sisters call them out on it and, and let them know that it is important. Um, sometimes we can just kind of get used to doing things and mm-hmm. not not care how, what effect it has on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fact that we do live in community as Christians and yeah. not as individuals makes it a, a necessity <laughs> that at least especially that early stage, we're going to be doing that kind of church discipline. We're going to be doing the mm-hmm. discipline that says, hey, you've sinned against me. And we're going to be repenting of sin when people come to us. Um, ultimately, it is because we have a reputation um, in the world. We're, we're, I mean, well, one, the church is supposed to be a the Christ's pure bride. That's right. And so church discipline is meant to kind of restore put us in into that direction again mm-hmm. um, but also we are supposed to be that that pureness in front of the world and so when we are filled up with members who are not properly disciplined who are basically engaging in sin against the body itself because nobody's correcting them mm-hmm. uh, it just presents a picture of the church that the world is very familiar with today mm-hmm. um, an undisciplined church that is essentially just a whole bunch of people coming together and not really being a body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget who, who said this. Uh, I feel like it was someone from a really long time ago, uh, <laughs> but they said when discipline leaves a church, Christ goes with it. Yeah. I read that recently too. Yeah. So again, <clears throat> we're called, uh, we've been saved, set apart by God in Christ uh, to be holy, yeah. to be a holy people Absolutely. from the heart and uh, church discipline is a measure, both formative and corrective, that Christ has ordained for the church in order to keep us in line. Sure. Right? We are prone to wonder. Lord, we feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> prone to leave the God we love. Um, and church discipline, again, is a call to love. It's a call to the church mm-hmm. uh, to love her members uh, by saying, we see you straying yeah. in some way for some length of time. And we are going to you under the authority of Christ to call you back to him yeah. and to walk with him. Yeah, absolutely. And to that, to that very end, to that point, uh, it is, it's vital yeah. you know, that we are practicing church discipline. Sure. And then Paul, of course, mentions in the context of especially with elders or leaders in the church mm-hmm. where um, it, it's to be done publicly at that level because it's also a warning to those others, lest pride you know, have its way. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be very easy just to kind of think we're above, you're above, you're above it all. You're, you're in charge. Just make and, sure you have two or three 
uh, yeah, 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 witnesses absolutely. to bring absolutely. that charge. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but I'm just saying it's yeah. the the not only is spirit is uh, disciplined good for the party being disciplined mm. and the church at large. It's good for other members to see mm. to respond to realize that they're not immune. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned this, but but I think it's worth is re-emphasizing a uh, or just yeah. emphasizing um, re-emphasizing like is perfect. As we read the New Testament, we're Baptistic. Sure, uh, we 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 understand that the church is a body of believers, mm-hmm. and that we are called to holiness. We're called to yeah. be Christ's pure and holy bride. And so, sure. again, that's something that today, I think uh, we are prone, we're tempted, we tend to let that go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're just kind of a collection of people yep. uh, who are, you know, we gather on Sunday and and then we're sent out into the world to live our lives, you know, however we deem best to live them. Right. Christ is a side piece. The church is a yeah. association kind of side piece. more yeah. than, yeah. Right. As opposed to... Uh, the, the, the temple of the living God mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah. And so, again, we want to emphasize that holiness is um, one of the reasons that we have been saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans 8, 28, 29. Yeah. Uh, we've been saved precisely to be conformed to the image of Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. And church discipline is a major part of that. It is. Yeah. Uh, why is church discipline especially hard? Because obvious reasons, right? <laughs> obviously, I mean, we have relationships with people, yeah. ideally, who we're, we're doing church discipline with. Mm-hmm. You know, it, for somebody to sin against you, most likely they were in close proximity to you. Mm-hmm. They had to do something to you such that you had a relationship with them that that would be meaningful. Um, so we're dealing with people. We're dealing with family members. We're dealing with friends. We're dealing with people that hopefully we are doing life with. Mm. And, and yeah, there's some resistance, especially in our society um, <laughs> that says, you know, yeah. you, you do your way and I'll do mine and we'll, you know, encourage but never challenge. We don't tend um, to want to be formed or corrected. Right. Or, or do what's necessary to do either of those things. Sure. Yeah. And then it, we just have a hard time really grappling, especially once it gets to the, the, the harder side of even, you know, where, where we get to excommunication or, where, you know, we're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I th- think we just struggle with, especially with how we understand the church as mm-hmm. a culture yeah. and not necessarily as we understand church, but as, as culture understands church. I think Christians yes. have a hard time understanding it as a, you know, you're an actual community, a body, a temple, and you can actually exclude somebody. So many churches are simply Mm -hmm. come as you are and leave as you are that there's really no room for church discipline. And before you could even get to church discipline, you'd have to really tackle what it means to be the church. Yes. So that's why it's hard. Yeah. Well, in my my last uh, little uh, note here was poor conceptions of ecclesiology that make it incredibly difficult to practice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, uh, church is something that we go to. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly something that we all understand we uh, are. as a gathering. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. What we are. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and and then added on to that, again, um, again, we're understanding the church to be a, a group, a body of believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people who are set aside to be 
holy, a visible display of, of the grace of God, the gospel right. of Christ, all these kinds of things that, that go into it and make it incredibly difficult. And, and as you said, I think there's a, there's a bit of um, synchronization, um, a syncretism uh, between the church and the, in the world. And so we don't have a great understanding. It's not just of, a, of the church, but we don't have a great understanding of what sin is. Right. And uh, we, we certainly don't have a, a good understanding of the authority of Christ uh, in his word, mm-hmm. in, the, in the leadership structure of a church, in the body, vested in the body right. uh, of, of Christ uh, for, for us. And so when someone comes to us and they call us out for whatever it is, hopefully in a, in a biblical, gentle, gospel-saturated yeah. way, yep. uh, but when they do Reconciliation that... Reconciliation seeking. Yeah. When they do that, we go, oh, I think that was really harsh and judgmental. Right. And, and what right do you really have to, to be judging me on that? Yeah. Right. I mean, you see the speck in my eye, but brother, you have a log, right? You have a, uh, the ark is in your eye or whatever it is. Right. And so we kind of put off people holding us accountable like that um, because that's just kind of what the world does. Right. You know, uh, we, we are very intolerant of anyone coming to us and holding us accountable uh, to live to Christ. And so that makes church discipline difficult. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it was a post I read recently, and, and basically they were saying one of the top two features that we should learn from Christ is that don't judge. And so, I mean, it, with, with that being in the top two, it was love and then don't judge. Well, I think you've missed a lot of what Jesus was saying and a lot of what the New Testament was saying. and But you, you've also undercut any ability to really speak into another Christian's life. In Matthew 7, just to be clear on that passage, <laughs> Jesus actually seems to be saying, love your brother and sister by yeah. appropriately judging them. Yeah. So judge yourself. Make sure that you are godly and holy and that yeah. you're dealing with your own sin and confessing those things and being clear-eyed. Right. So that you, you can remove the speck. To. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So love by discipling. Love by disciplining. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. So why, if church discipline is so hard, difficult, misunderstood, uh, how can it be especially loving? Why is church discipline loving? Sure. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, I'd say because it actually, while we kind of differentiated corrective and formative, mm-hmm. I think actually, especially the early phases, but even if it's, you know, to the full extent, it's, it's actually formative mm-hmm. um, to be called out and told, hey, there's, you have sinned against me is, uh, is formative. I have to now respond with the spirit in me <laughs> appropriately. Yeah. Um, to try to reconcile a relationship. Yep. Some of the most abrupt turns in my life have not went, been when people have come and just kind of pat me on the back and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's been when people have come and said, listen, you have like really messed this up or you've really yeah. sinned in this way. You know, um, my own wife sometimes will come at, you know, come at me in More a, in often a, in a very yeah. Yeah, Christ-like way, but it's just like very like boom. And it's just something that I know there's something in godly reproof that if your heart Lord willing is tender towards that. Yeah. It responds mm-hmm. in a way that is very abrupt, but that's good because it hopefully 
gets that sin out of your life. Right. It makes you more aware of it, more watchful for it, so that if the temptation comes again, you're like, I don't want that to happen again. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> I don't, I don't want to to have to be corrected or to have to be re- re- reproved right. or rebuked or whatever it is. I just want to walk in obedience, so I don't have to deal with that. You know, <laughs> and um, yeah. and so certainly, I, I think those have been some of the more uh, abrupt. Uh, turns in my life from from sin have been when I've been confronted in those ways. Sure, mm-hmm. I'd say it's also particularly loving because it, it's especially on the then the far end of the other side when we tell somebody we can't affirm your Christian confession. Mm-hmm. Um, that's harsh. That's mm-hmm. hard. It's actually loving because what we're we're refusing to do is go. You're good. Mm-hmm. It's it's that tolerance that our culture want so much we have to sometimes push back and go i can't mm. uh, i have to you know I, you're just gonna have to if, if if you want to act like the world i'm gonna have to treat you as if you are of, of the, the world. world um i can't give you i can't tell you you're fine you've got christ in you so it'll be all mm-hmm. no your 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 actions and your lack of repentance suggests yeah. Maybe you don't have Christ like you have professed in yeah. the past, and you yeah. need to address that. Yeah, so. and, we, and we do want to be careful there because what we're not saying, even by excommunication, is that we have the 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 final say in someone's right. eternal yeah, yeah. Uh, condition or we state. We're, what we're saying is, is listen, your continue at that point, right? Again, you yeah. mentioned sort of the steps that Jesus lays out. Mm-hmm. They, they they are a little bit different in First Corinthians five, and maybe we can talk yeah. about the differences there. Yeah, but but Ma- but in Matthew eighteen, Jesus is saying, okay, if you if brother sins against you, you go and you you talk to them face to face. If they don't repent, right? So there are levels of if they don't repent, right? Then you take a couple others. If they don't repent, then then you bring them before the whole church. If they don't repent, you right. see, so there's a pattern there of. If they don't repent, if they don't repent, if they don't repent. And what's happening there is you're going to them with the word of Christ mm-hmm. and asking them to turn back to Jesus. Yeah. And if they're consistently saying no, 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 then they're proving themselves not to be one right. of Christ's sheep because Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice mm-hmm. and they follow me. me. Yeah. Conversely... Believes in John 8, he says, the reason that you don't understand what I'm saying, the reason that you don't love my word is because you're not of God. Yeah, you're not one of my sheep. That's right. That's right. So we want to be careful there when it comes to church discipline and, and excommunication, that final stage at the end to say, we're not making a, a, a final statement about yep. where they're going to be, heaven or hell. But we are saying that the evidence of their life right now, as best as we can discern it, is that, listen, we've come after you, we've gone after yeah. you with love and care, with the word of Christ. You've consistently uh, rejected it. Mm-hmm. And so the evidence that you're giving is that you're not one of Christ's sheep, which, by the way, I just think, again, like the Lord seems to have given church discipline because he believes that the church is to be a body of believers right, and not a mixed group of people. Right. But that's neither here nor that's, there. I mean, it's, so. it's, it's, it's here or there, <laughs> but... right. <laughs> Yeah, we'll focus on that. Another, we'll focus on that another another, another time. You know? Okay. Yeah. Anything else there on why it is especially loving? No, I think that I think that covers it. Yeah, uh, I think the only thing that I would add is that it's always loving to be obedient to Christ. Sure. That's right. Um, I mean, again, uh, you see this uh, from Jesus. Hear this from Jesus and John. 
15 especially, uh, 16. And, yeah. and so it's, it is, you know, if you love me, you will be obedient, mm-hmm. right? If you're obedient, it's because you love me, yep. you know? And so church discipline is something that he's ordained. It is a means of grace mm. uh, to the individual Christian and to the individual Christian church, the true, a true church. Sure. Uh, so anytime that we're seeking to be obedient to Christ, that is the loving thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, only other thing that I would add there is that clarity, clarity on who the church is mm. and is not is a loving thing. Is a very loving toward thing. toward both the church and the world and the world. Yeah, uh, like when we do the Lord's Supper, we will fence the table uh, mm-hmm. in a couple of ways. But one of them is to is to by not letting unbelievers come and participate in the Lord's Supper. And one of the things that we want to tell them there is, listen, we we want you to care about coming to Christ first and foremost. But right. the only way that you know that you need to come to Christ is to know that you need to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, is to, is to feel that you're, you're not one of his yet. Right. Right. And that you need to turn and believe in him and become one. Yeah. And church discipline, I think serves in a similar way in that obviously if you're going after someone with the word of Christ, with a, with a heart for soul care mm-hmm. and they turn back from their sin, they come back to Christ. Yep. Well, that's clarifying. Yeah. You know, that's clarifying for them. It's clarifying for the church. And so, so it is also if someone ultimately does not mm-hmm. uh, come back. Yeah. They, they continue on in their rebellion against uh, Christ and his people uh, is that it is a word that to the church that says, this is serious. Right. Walking with Christ is what we were saved for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that clarity helps the church to understand who we are. And again, it makes the church, I think, even more radiant and beautiful, glorious, a display of the grace of God to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? No, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, would you say then, having established all of this so far, <laughs> would you say that today's churches? in general, practice church discipline? Very rarely. Okay. And, and often when they do practice church dis- discipline because there's not a foundation of, of covenantal membership in the church, shared confession of what they're believing, um, it's really each man does what his own heart tells him to do. Um, the line is blurred between the church and the world. Yeah. Because of that, ultimately becomes very difficult Um and when they do, they, they tend to do it as a retribution and not at all as an actual act of reconciliation. I can't uh, <laughs> begin to think of examples of yeah. um, leaders or servants in the church who maybe they did something that was, you know, not what some other leader wanted. But rather than it being an opportunity for reconciliation, it's turned into this, I don't know, month-long process of if you would just say the right words, all this judgment I'm heaping on you would go away Mm. instead of it being an opportunity like, I've repented of my sin, let's reconcile. let's be reconciled. So I think that happens way more in churches today of this retribution against leaders, whether by other leaders or by the body at large. And not so much, let's small to large work through towards reconciliation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
going into the next question then, uh, why must we practice church discipline? I mean, what are the consequences of not practicing church discipline? Anything come? No, we just Again, this the, is our winged episode. I mean, so. one, we get, I mean, we give the world just a completely help, helpless, unhelpful yeah. picture of what it means to be a Christian, which is exactly what we see the world talking about. If you Why do I need Christ? Yeah, absolutely. Why do I need Christ? If, if, if the Christian looks just like me, acts just like me, talks just like me, absolutely. believes just like, why do, why do I need Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and ultimately it it makes Christians wonder: Can I do this just on my own? Mm. You know, what what what's the benefit of the church if they're like that? Mm. The accusation of hypocrisy becomes much harder to withstand mm. um, when we don't practice church discipline. When mm. people are just left to themselves, we go, okay, fine. I'm just gonna you know serve Christ on my own, and and I'll wing it. <laughs> mm. Different kind of wing it, but mm. yeah. I have some friends that I love uh, who are more of the elder rule ilk. Okay, we're we're not that here at our, at our church. Um, we're elder led congregation ruled. ruled. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think it's important elder. in this topic, especially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the difference for church discipline. Yeah, because not, it isn't just it's not elder. It's not, it's not two or three or four elders going. We're gonna bring That's wrath right. of God on you. It is the whole body it's going. The body. We can't right. affirm. We can't see what yeah. what. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but but one of the things they've said is, well, we we don't we would never do that because we've seen how that plays out with the congregation. Mm-hmm. You know, something comes before the congregation, and 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 it's just awful, and you know they uh, the decisions just everything blows up, and it's just messy, and all this kind of thing. And so we're not going to do the congregational thing. We're going to be elder rule, and, and that's one of the things that I've heard against. I'm sure they have better better th- you know reasons for why they would be sure. elder rule. But sure. but sure. but one way to help the cause, fellow elder rule conger or sorry elder elder led congregation rule people is uh that we make sure that our congregations are well disciplined, discipled well discipled <laughs> exactly that's right yeah that fear is it's it's yeah. one where we're not actually discipling we're we're yeah we're doing the ministry mm-hmm. and they are not yeah all right which brings me to this for what reasons mm-hmm. would corrective discipline be applied can i read you something feel free all right. So you just say, tell me what you think about okay. this in the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this comes from, uh, this is a chapter on biblical church discipline, page 183 on the old copy of Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Um, it says here, members, this was in their uh, their constitution for why mm-hmm. you would uh, discipline someone from the church. So it's that final Right. You know, what's, what's bringing on church discipline. Okay? Mm-hmm. Members shall be liable to the discipline of the church for the following causes. For any outward violations of the moral law. Mm-hmm. For pursuing any course which may, in the judgment of the church, be disreputable to it as a body. Mm-hmm. For, listen, wait for this one. Especially in this like post-COVID or middle of COVID, whatever we're in now. For absenting themselves habitually, without good reasons, from the church at mm-hmm. the seasons set apart for public worship. Yeah. It's Hebrews. Mm-hmm. For holding and advocating doctrines opposed to those set forth in the statement of faith. Mm-hmm. For neglecting or refusing 
to contribute toward defraying the expenses of the church according to their several abilities. Yep. Uh, that means giving. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Generosity towards your church. For treating the acts and doings of the church contemptuously or pursuing such a course as is calculated to produce discord, division. Mm-hmm. For divulging to persons not interested what is done in the meetings of the church. So you're going outside the family, yeah. so to speak, and talking you're, about you're, what's going on. Yeah, spilling dirty laundry. That's right. Yeah. For pursuing any course of conduct unbecoming good citizens and professing Christians. Mm-hmm. What do you think about any, any, anything in there that sticks out to you? One that you want to sit on for a second? All of it done in the context of communicated, um, unrepentant, communicated, urged, unrepentant, unrepentant. All of it's, it's fair game if you want to use that kind of terminology. It, it's all an indication of the heart. Uh, ultimately of whether we are actually Christians who love our brothers and sisters Mm. in local community. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of it is, yeah. Do you want to speak to the, the difference between what Jesus uh, draws up for us in Matthew 18 Mm -hmm. and what we see in first Corinthians five? Sure. I mean, so in Matthew, I mean, he is dealing really, I mean, just blunt, you know, it's personal. Somebody has sinned against you. Uh, you know, I don't, that doesn't necessarily have to mean you slept with my wife. Mm-hmm. That would certainly be something. That um, but, you know, you spoke badly about me. You said something that wasn't true about me or mm. you completely ignored my feelings in a subject that, you know, you knew you were hurting my feelings or you knew you you should have behaved in a way and you didn't. But anyway, that's, it's a personal offense that starts everything off. Mm. Um, And then it just becomes a, does that person respond? Do they reconcile? uh, Man, sorry, I I didn't, I didn't know it affected you that way or I was wrong. I I should Mm -hmm. not have behaved that way. You know, is there a heart of reconciliation, repentance, forgiveness going on in that relationship? That's, that's where Jesus is going in uh, the Matthew passage. But in the first Corinthians five, what we have is a church who is actually kind of patting themselves on the back because you see, I mean, we're so tolerant and loving. We have this guy here. He's pretty much similar to the church in revelation too. Yeah. He's sleeping Mm -hmm. around with his, you know, his father's wife, but probably not his mother, probably a step wife, you know, stepmom, a second, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But basically they're like, you know, look, I mean, we're so loving and caring, you know, we're we're tolerant of it. We even put up with this kind of sin. And Paul's like, no, like, no, He's almost correcting mm-hmm. cultural understandings of love Correct. that are not biblical understandings, understandings of, love, of love, which is something we've already addressed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so he, he does, you know, jump the process to a point because it's so heinous. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm, I'm if you needed a, a witness. So public and grievous. So public and grievous, mm-hmm. detrimental to the, the, the purity of the church mm-hmm. and its confession, its profession before the world mm-hmm. that, you know, he basically is saying, if you needed a witness to, you know, move forward with this, I'm the witness. I'm not even there, but I'm, my, my spirit is with you in this. Yeah. You should remove that person from the church. Yeah. Um, so that 
they can understand the seriousness of it. Mm-hmm. And it, while he doesn't say it, he's being very clear. You need to understand the seriousness of this. You know, your how your witness before the world is being affected by your tolerance of this yeah. grotesque behavior that not even the world would accept as okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, most of the time we, we do see that uh, many people see, the, of course, the Second Corinthians passage as sort of indicating that maybe that same person was actually restored because they did actually repent of yes. their behavior in response to that church discipline. Yes. That's a little bit uncertain, but... Yeah, right. Let's, let's say for, for, for a second just that someone does not, at least for a time, when it talks about disassociating, disassociation uh-huh. with them, any, any thoughts on on breaking fellowship in that sense? I mean, it becomes one of those, like, we're not barring the doors to the church. If somebody wants to come in, uh, I mean, any other believer in the world, we would let them come in, mm-hmm. hear our message, yeah. hopefully respond to that message. That's all great. Mm-hmm. So excommunication is not going to involve that. Um, it's going to look more like, you know, how do we have those close conversations that we have in our home? Is it going to be the same jovial talk about sports, then talk about Bible that it was with them before? Or is there going to be assuming shared faith? Exactly. There has to be a a break there to where, you know, the conversation is going to be more serious. It is going to be, have you responded? Have you been thinking about what has happened here? Mm. Um, So when there are conversations, it's not that there can't be conversations, but those conversations look they look different. It looks like a conversation with an unbeliever, a tax collector. But, but, not, but a little bit even, I mean, yeah. so we can, yeah. Yeah. As far, insofar as we're treating yeah. that as one that we're wanting to bring to faith and not just. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then lost train of thought, but yeah, um, it's going to be different. I think there's hard cases, of course. Um, that's where I was thinking, you know, you know, you have a, a spouse yeah. who is put under church discipline. Mm. I mean, it, a child, a child. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I don't yeah. think the idea. So we, we might talk about with with a, a member who is not in our family. We might say, you know, cut off table fellowship. That yes. might be a way of, of thinking of it. Mm-hmm. That's probably not going to be the way it plays out. If you have a child or you have a spouse who's under church discipline. You're going to have to, you, you're still married to them. You still have a responsibility mm-hmm. in that regard before Christ. And so some of that's going to look different, but at the same time, there is going to be some difference in how that, mm-hmm. that relationship can play out mm-hmm. um, as yeah. somebody under discipline. Is there ever a point at which we're to have no more fellowship with someone? Oof. I'm thinking specifically like the end of Titus. Yeah, I mean, we, and we were we were dealing with you mm-hmm. know First John six five First John five sixteen yeah because there's five sixteen yeah there's no chapter six in there's no, no, no six yeah but yeah I, I mean there there comes a time I think it's pretty serious um, yeah. it's probably even beyond just sinful behavior and activities that are unrepentant mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. point of being. Um, divisive and false. So, you know, yeah. when somebody is right. definitively unrepentant and is even preaching a false gospel and trying to win people yeah. to that, yeah. uh, I think we're, we're at a point where we, we even distance ourselves further. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes very hard and we put ourselves in a very dangerous state being around that um, to where we might be twisted and, and become deceived ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so we have to be, I think there is a time, mm-hmm. um, we have to be very careful. With the point in does. asking those things is, is that there is wisdom involved in a Absolutely. lot of these things yeah, as well. It's not Patience, a, wisdom, charity. Yeah. Uh, we want those things to, to rule in all of these things. I don't know that there's a hard and fast line. A lot of people like hard and fast lines. They do. It makes it easy. Um, but, uh, but, but, but even at the point of uh, excommunication from a church, when we put someone out of a church, uh, for for impenitence, um, you know, beyond that, in terms of fellowship, uh, you know, again, I think we are to, to treat them as tax collectors and sinners. That is, as people that that just need to hear the gospel uh, in the sense of, again, you need to trust in Christ. You need to to turn away from your sins and trust in Christ and have that kind of fellowship with them. But but again, all of that um, assumes a, a certain level of spiritual discernment, wisdom, uh, patience, and love. So, okay, for last thing here, how must church discipline be applied i think we've we've hit on this throughout we have do you want to say anything to just concretize i would say with love and with the intent to reconcile it's it's not Mm -hmm. retributive Mm -hmm. yeah i just put with hope in christ again we want to see them restored correct love for souls so we're not being um you know uh unrighteously judgmental Mm -hmm. uh a desire for restoration and just in obedience to God and to the to the Word of God, He's called us to do this as a as a means of grace for His people. Yeah, and uh, we want to be faithful to that. Yeah, but again, yeah. the overall thing there is is that we sh- this is an aspect of Christ's rule of love mm-hmm. in the church. Yeah, and I think I'd throw one more maybe application of that. This is just it's it's more warning for all of us is that um, because it is that. Um, if church discipline serves to actually sever and divide the body rather than bring it closer to one another, mm. it's a, probably an indication that we need to be very careful. Um, if we haven't taught on it and we're just going right in because, well, the Bible says we should do this, so we're just going to do it. Yeah. It, the, 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 since it is something meant to bring love, bring bring unity, bring reconciliation, yeah. if we're doing it out of the blue without having addressed it, and mm. so that people understand that, we're probably one not doing it right, and we're probably not doing it out of love at that point. We mm. are doing it just because we're we want to be right. Mm. We want to. It's a, an overwhelming sense of purity over what the church is supposed to be as mm. a loving community. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Great way to end it, brother. Thank you so much. Sure.